Hey everybody, I want to thank you for joining us on this Wednesday evening. I hope that you've had a good week so far. I know it's probably been a little rainy um, for everybody, but I hope that you're having a great week in the Lord, and we hope to be back with you here on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights here in the, the not-so-distant future. But until then, we're going to keep coming at you through the lens of this camera. And we want to thank you for your faithfulness and giving. We want to thank you. Me and Pastor want to thank you for your faithfulness and watching and sharing these, these messages. And, and we, we love you and we miss you. We can't wait to get back with you. But I want to, to come to you tonight with a word I believe that the Lord has given me for our young people. And, and young people, I pray that you will be very attentive to what the Lord has to say to you this evening. This is a message, as I was telling Landon before we came on uh, today, I, I, I was telling him it was a message that I've worked longer on than any other message I've ever preached. Over three and a half weeks uh, uh, preparing this message for you guys. I believe that the Lord wants to speak to you in a mighty way. But without further ado, I pray that you're ready with your Bibles and hopefully a notepad in hand. And I want to speak to you out of the Word of the Lord. If you turn your Bibles to Ezra chapter 4, Ezra chapter 4, just to give you a brief backstory, we're going to begin reading in 20, verses 23 and 24. We're just going to read a couple of verses. But to give you a backstory to what's going on in our text tonight, what has happened is King Cyrus has given a decree to the, the Jewish people that is in his captivity to go and to rebuild the temple. And the Bible really focuses on a couple characters, Zerubbabel and Joshua, as they began to lay the foundation of the temple. You can find uh, this story throughout the book of Ezra, and it kind of gives us what's going on. But, but the Lord began to show me something in this. But again, to the backstory is they have they've laid the foundation, they have dedicated the foundation to the Lord, and now the enemy has come, and he's trying to disrupt what they're doing for God. He's trying to disrupt what they're called to do, so to speak, if you will. So we find that this enemy, these adversaries, they're, they're considered beyond the river. They write a letter to the new king, who, whose name is Artaxerxes, and they say, listen, they, they're going to build these walls. They're going to build this temple. They're not going to pay tribute to your kingdom. They're going to rebel against you and, and just bear false witness against the, the Jewish people. And King Artaxerxes is now riding back to these, these men beyond the river that want to disrupt what God is doing in Jerusalem. He writes back to them, and we find them running back to the Jewish people and telling them, through the orders of the king, that they must stop construction. Verse 23 of Ezra chapter 4 says, Now when the copy of King Artaxerxes' letter was read before Rehum and Shemishai, the scribe, their companions, they went up in haste to Jerusalem unto the Jews and made them cease by force and power. Then ceased the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. So it ceased until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. 
Let us pray real quick. God, we come before you and we thank you for your word and its anointing. And God, we ask that you open up our hearts and our ears that we would receive and take hold of what you have for us in your word today. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So we see here that they run and they, they declare that this letter that, that the king has written has given them the permission to tell the Israelites, the Jewish people, to stop construction on the temple. And what it says here is it made them cease by force and by power. The enemy has come and he said, listen, you can't go any further with this project. And I want to tell you that we're in a season of, uh, of a lot of things ceasing. Uh, we know through COVID-19, there has been a physical ceasing that we'll get to in this, in this message where things have seemed to stop as we know it. And things have begun to, to, to die down. We're told to stay home and, and we're, we're told we can't go there and we can't do this and you can't go there and you can't do that. And, and we know all that. But I want to tell you that more than a ceasing or a halting has been made in just the physical. There's been a spiritual halting that has been happening for years to this generation, to your generation, to you young people, teenagers and young adults, and to even younger, to the kids. There's been a halting taking place for years in your life, and you, you haven't even realized it. The Bible tells us in Ezra, in this same chapter in verse 4, that the people of the land wanted to weaken the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in their building. You see, they were, they were just now starting to lay the foundation and they were starting to construct what God had called them to and, and they were doing something for the kingdom of God. And I want to tell you, and in relating it to where you are, I believe many of you have experienced the power and the call of God on your life, and you, you've realized that, hey, there's something that God wants me to do in this life that I've never done before. I, I feel like God really wants to use me, but as you began to, to press towards God, and He began to build something and construct something in your life, and as you began to pursue the call of God, the enemy has come and tried to halt you to keep you from doing the call of God, to keep you from doing what God has commissioned you to do, to keep you from your purpose. He, the enemy has come just like he did to the children of Israel in our text. In Ezra 4 and verse 4 it says, they tried to weaken the hands of the people of Judah and trouble them in their building. They tried to trouble or vex them in their building. They tried to halt and stop what God was wanting to do. There's been a spiritual halting again that has been going on for years. You say, what, what do you mean, Pastor? There's been a spiritual halting. There, there, has been, there, there has been a stoppage to what God wants to do in my life. What I mean by that is all the distractions that we've dealt with for months and years. Many of you have dealt with, well, I gotta be here and I have to do this and I, I gotta go to ball and, and, and I, I need to do this and I, oh man, I just got all this stuff to do and I'm just so busy. And listen, we, we're all busy, but, there, but we have failed to realize that there is a spiritual halting taking place. There has been a troubling and a vexing into what God is wanting to build in your life. 
You've allowed the Holy Ghost to begin and construct something in you, but now the enemy is saying, listen, I don't want you to walk in the purpose that God has given you. If you read on in Ezra chapter 4 and verse 5, it says, and they hired, this is the enemy, they hired counselors against them to frustrate the Israelite, the Jewish people, to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, the king of Persia, even until the, the reign of Darius, the king of Persia. That word frustrate in the Hebrew means to break up or defeat. So the enemy sent people or obstacles or things to come and break up and defeat their purpose. Notice the enemy knows he can't stop God. But the enemy also knows that the only way to stop God's plan is to stop who God is using, which is you. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you today, young people, that the enemy would love nothing more than to defeat your purpose. That's what, that's what that word frustrate means, is to break up or to defeat. The enemy would love nothing more than to defeat the call of God on your life. The enemy would love nothing more than to keep you distracted from doing the will of God. The enemy would love nothing more for you to just come into church on Sunday and, and just go out and do your thing and just be a churchgoer the rest of your life. There's more for you than that. But there has been a spiritual halting through the distractions and, and through the counselors that the enemy has sent to disrupt and frustrate your purpose. But I want to tell you, we've loved things, and we've went after things, and we've strived for things. That now we realize through this physical halting, that means nothing. I've talked to young people since this COVID-19 breakout has, has come to fruition and, and come to its peak. I've been talking to young people, and I've had a young person tell me, I've realized that the things I cared about most meant nothing. I cared about sports. I cared about who, who my friends were and, and being in, in this crowd and running with those people. I worried about all those things. And through COVID-19, I have realized that I have loved foolish and empty things. Proverbs chapter 1 and 22 says, How long will you simple, will you simple, will you simple ones, excuse me, Will you love simplicity? What that word simple means when you translate it, it means silly or foolish. So really the text reads, how long will you silly and foolish ones love silly and foolish things? The enemy has come and tried to distort the picture of God. The storms have come just like it came to Peter when he was walking on the water. That He started out good. But when the winds begin to blow and the thunder begin to crack and, and the, the waves begin to rage, he got his eyes off Jesus. And there was a spiritual halting. You see, the enemy is wanting to defeat and to break up your purpose. The enemy is wanting to destroy the call of God on your life. You didn't realize in all the busyness that it was stopping progression in your spiritual life. You didn't realize in all the practices that you failed to practice your faith. You realize now more than ever 
that the Holy Spirit and God seem so far out of reach because we haven't sought first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Listen, we've all been guilty of it. I'm not here to beat down on you young people. I'm here to help you identify that we've loved simple things. We've loved silly and foolish things. And the enemy tell, and Jesus tells us that the enemy would love nothing more than to come and to steal and to kill and destroy. The enemy would love nothing more than to break up and to defeat your purpose. But through COVID-19, there has been another kind of halting. The world has halted and stopped as we know it. There's no more activities. There's no more practices. There's no more running here and there. And there's no more, I have to go and do this and I got to do that. It's stay at home. Don't go anywhere as much as possible. There's been a physical halting. And now the halting, the, in this halting with such great and fear and anxiety, the enemy believes he has this generation cornered. But the enemy didn't realize that this physical halting that is in this nation and in the world today has given God a perfect opportunity to get the full attention of this generation. You see, we read in our text today that there was a halting that took place to the, to the progress and to the building of the temple, to what God had called the Jewish people to do. There was a halting, a physical halting. You, you can no longer work here. You can no longer do this. And, and we're in the middle of something similar. We, we can't go there and we can't do this. And, and we know all these things about COVID-19. But I want to tell you that in this time of halting, physical halting, it's giving us an opportunity to look at things in our life in a way that we've never looked at them before. And, it, and in this silence where there's no more distraction. And, and I know the, the news media talks and you see things on social media. But I believe wholeheartedly that there is a generation that has realized that they've loved foolish things and they have chased silly and foolish things and that they have been busy and occupied by the enemy and that the enemy has halted what God is wanting to do in their life. But now this physical halting has come and God said, this is my opportunity to speak through men and women of God clearly to a generation. Clearly to a generation. And the enemy didn't realize with everything at a standstill, that God would begin to release a sound in the earth. Not only a sound of the saints in prayer, but there would be a sound of prophetic voices going forth. A sound of prophetic voices going forth over this generation. You see, at the very same time, that this began to happen, this, this halting began to happen. The Bible says in Ezra chapter 5 and verse 1 that then the prophets Haggai and Zechariah the son of Idu prophesied to the Jews that were in Judah. In this halting, there came a rise of a prophetic voice. And these prophets, raised up by God, began to speak to a generation and began to prophesy to a nation. And some of the prophets began to speak to a man by the name of Zerubbabel. And they began to speak to him very specific things. And they began to say to him that the enemy has tried to hinder and halt you and begin to, to stop what and has, and has tried to stop what you began and what you began to build. 
But the Bible says in Ezra chapter 5 and verse 2 that then rose up Zerubbabel. He rose up when the prophetic voices began to, to flow. And, and listen, I, I'm not trying to say that I, I'm Haggai or I'm Zechariah or I'm someone special, but I believe that the Holy Ghost is urging me through these last few weeks to prophesy to a generation, to a generation of Zerubbabel, a generation Z, if you will, and tell them to rise up and begin to run after their purpose and the call of God on their life and begin to do what God has called them to do. Begin to seek Him. Begin to find Him. Begin to know Him. Because as you draw close unto Him, the Bible tells us that He'll draw nigh unto you. There has to be a generation and there is going to be a generation of Zerubbabel, a generation Z that's going to rise up, hear the word of the Lord and say, I have to do something. I have to do something. Listen, young people, I don't proclaim to be anything special, but I, I'm telling you the Holy Ghost is speaking to you as, as a young generation like never before. You see, Generation Z is actually the title given to those born 1997 and onward, or just to help you out, those 23 and younger. There is 67 million Generation Z young people living in America today. 67 million. And I believe that this message is specifically ordained by God for this generation. I want to speak to you and prophesy over you as Haggai and Zechariah did to Zerubbabel. The Bible tells us that Zerubbabel, he, he rose up in, in Ezra 5 and 2, but the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, and he says this, he begins to prophesy to Zerubbabel, and he says in, in his, his book in Zechariah 4 and chapter 6, and it says, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, and this is the prophet talking that the angel of the Lord spoke to him, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, unto generation Z, if I may unto this generation, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Young people, I'm here to prophesy to you today that there is a power and an anointing that's coming upon your life like you've never known before if you respond to the prophetic voice of God and rise up and begin to build. You are going to experience the Holy Ghost come upon you in a way and in a manner that you've never felt before. When you begin to run after your purpose again, you begin to allow the Holy Ghost to work in your life again. I want to tell you that God is going to place an anointing and a power through His Spirit on your life that nothing will stand in your way. Because listen, He goes on in verse 7 of Zechariah chapter 4 and He says, Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain. Who art thou, O great mountain? is what he says. Whatever the mountain or the obstacle that you've been struggling with, I believe in this time and season that we're living in young people, whatever it is, whether it's fear, whether it's anxiety, whether it's a feeling that you're not worthy, whether you feel like you can't go on another day, whatever you're dealing with right now, whatever mountain stands in your way, God says in verse 6, my power is going to come upon you, but in verse 7 he says, what mountain are you talking about? I'm going to 
make it a plane. I'm going to allow whatever you're dealing with, whatever struggle you're going through, I'm going to make it flat. I'm going to make it as if it was never there. What that word in the Hebrew means, I'm going to make it even. And when you stand before a giant like David did and the, and the, the battlefield seems kind of lopsided and it seems like there's a mountain in your way when you have God's anointing like David did on your life, he evens the playing field and David said to that giant in 1 Samuel 17, he says, I, not, I don't come at you with a sword and with a spear and with all these trappings and with all my, my religiosity, I come at you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And there's an anointing being placed on this generation, this Zerubbabel generation, that they're going to stand up and it's not going to be by their might, it's not going to be by their power, but it's going to be by His Spirit, says the Lord. And He's going to make the obstacles and the things you've been dealing with seem like nothing. You're going to walk straight through. That, that, that mountain that was there, it's going to be like a plane. It's going to be flat. You're going to walk straight through that obstacle like it was nothing. You're going to begin to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. And you're going to begin to stand up and proclaim that, listen, I dealt with this and, and I know what it's like to feel that pressure. I know what it's like to deal with depression. But through His Spirit, I've walked through the fire and I've not been burned and I don't even smell like what I've been through. I want to tell you, young people, that there is a generation and you are the generation that God wants to anoint in a special way. Listen, I, I want to tell you today and encourage you, whatever you're going through as Pastor Ron preached Sunday morning, as he preached this past Sunday morning, have confidence through the Holy Spirit and through its power that you are going to make it through. That you are going to make it through. He says in verse 7, what, what, what mountain? What mountain? What obstacle? When you step out in the power of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to make it flat. Like nothing has ever happened. He leveled the playing field. He leveled the playing field. That's what that word means. He made it a plane. He made it even. He made it level. But I want to tell you, young people, that's not all. That's not all. God had more to say. God had more to say. The Bible tells us in Ezra chapter 6 that the people of God through this prophecy through Zechariah and Haggai they began to rise up and they said, listen, we're going to build. And they wrote a letter to the king themselves. What that, what that means is what that represents is they began to cry to the king. Young people, we need to begin to cry to the king like never before. There is a sound going through the earth of people crying out to God. There was a letter submitted to the king and they said, look in your records. Look in your records. There was a promise given to us by King Cyrus. And listen, some of you young people, God has given you promises and callings and, and, and you've been halted and you've been stopped. 
but I want you to ask God, dig into the archives. God, remind me of the promises you've given me. Remind me of the decree that you made over my life. And the king wrote back to them and he said, listen, he began to decree things and he said, let the house, let the work of this house in Ezra chapter 6 and 7, let the work of this house of God alone. He told to the people, the enemies beyond the river, he said, you leave them alone and I want you, he goes a step further, I want you to begin to pay for the project. I want you to begin to offer them animals for sacrifice. I want you to go from a foe to a friendly. I, I want you to begin to provide the materials for this job. And young people, you say, what does that mean? Is that What that means to me is the thing that you've been dealing with, the fear and the anxiety and the depression and, and the hopelessness that you may feel and the unworthiness you feel, what God is telling to the enemy and decreeing to the enemy. You have to give them their joy back. You have to give them their peace back. You have to give them their hope back. You have to give them their life back. What the enemy has held bound for so long, the Bible tells us, uh, Jesus actually tells us, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And God is beginning to decree to a generation, bind some things, bind the enemy, but let him loose what he has that is yours. Take back from the enemy what he's stolen from you. And he, the king began to decree, leave this house alone. Leave this house alone. The enemy is going to release things back to you. But he goes on, Zechariah goes on. In Zechariah chapter 4, we've read verses 6 and we've read verses 7 and we broke those down. But in, in verse 8, the prophet says, moreover... What he's saying, there's more. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house, and his hands shall also finish it. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. So what does that mean to me, Pastor? What God is saying through the prophet is what I've started in you young people. The purpose I've begun in you. And through the power of His Spirit, He's going to complete the work in you. And you are going to fulfill the purpose that God has on your life. And that everyone will know that you aren't just uh, you aren't just Jade, the usual Jade. You aren't just this or that, but you are called of God. You are anointed of God. You have been in His Holy Spirit, in, in His presence, in His holy presence. You have been been, uh, you've had an encounter with His Holy Ghost. People are going to know that God has sent you. And what God has started in your life, He will complete. What He started, He said, He laid the foundation, the foundation that's been built in your life through the Holy Ghost. God says, I'm going to allow you to complete it, and I'm going to complete it in you. I'm going to allow you to fulfill your purpose. But he goes even further in verse 10. For who hath despised the day of the small things? For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel. You say, what, Pastor, what does that mean? 
I, I, I really want to relate this to you today. What God is saying through the prophet in this verse is don't think you're insignificant. For who hath despised the day of the small things? There's a question mark there. God's saying you're not insignificant. Don't think that it's just little old you and you can't do what he's called you to do. Don't despise the day of the small things because you're not small. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And when you see the will of God taking place in your life, and when you see the Spirit of God come upon your life, listen, the, the unworthiness, the, the smallness, you feel, well, I'm insignificant. Listen, there's no insignificance in God. You all have a calling. You all have a purpose. And this world needs you. Because not only does this verse say, don't despise, don't despise the day of the small things, but he says, for they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel. The plummet is a tool. It's a measuring tool. And what the author, what the, the prophet is saying to Zerubbabel, not only don't, don't think you're too little, don't think too little of yourselves. Don't think that you're not able. Because the Bible tells us that your God, the God that you serve, is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. Don't think too small. That's not the only thing he's saying here. He's saying because the people will rejoice when they began to see you working for the kingdom. People will begin to rejoice when they begin to see what God is building on the inside of your life. People will begin to rejoice and, and begin to sing again and begin to have joy again when they see what God is doing in your heart and in your life and the purpose that you're running towards Listen, when they see the will of God growing in your life, when they see the hunger for the things of God, they're going to rejoice and depression will begin to leave your friends and your co-workers. Chains of fear and anxiety will begin to fall off of those around you. Hope and faith will begin to rise. Generation Z, a Zerubbabel generation. I want to tell you that this physical halting to life as we know it has been ordained by God so you can clearly hear the voices of the men and women of God without distraction. Because He's wanting to awaken and empower this generation like none before it. Like none before it. You see, Landon can attest to this, and Pastor Ron, and all of you, I believe, could attest to this. We keep hearing in the news, well, when things go back to normal. When things go back to normal. When we finally get to the place where things are normal again. We hear that all the time. I, I, I've probably even said it. And we, we hear this all day long. When, when we get through this, things will just go back to normal. But young people, I think before we're through this, 
that the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, is going to come upon you in such a way that nothing will ever be normal for you again. I believe, I believe, young people, if you'll step into your purpose, the Holy Ghost will endue you with power from on high. Acts chapter 1 and 8 says, but you shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you. You're going to experience that power, that not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, a heavenly power. You're going to experience it in a way that you've never known before. And a couple Fridays ago, me and Pastor were in here praying, and we had just a visitation from the presence of God, a manifestation of the presence of God that we've never seen before. And the word of the Lord began to speak to me to tell you young people that just as the disciples in Acts chapter 2 experienced, the Holy Ghost and a wind blowing in their hearts and in their lives, a freshness, a newness of that power. Nothing will ever be normal as it wasn't for them. When they went out of the upper room, they preached 3,000 souls were saved. But in the next chapter, in Acts chapter 3, the Bible tells us that they just they were just going to church. They were going to the temple. It was just a normal day. It was just a normal church service. It was just a normal church day. We're just going to get ready and and we're going to go to the house of God. Listen, young people, I don't want you to come back to the house of God that way because the disciples tried to just be normal. But when they've had an encounter, when you've had an encounter with the Holy Ghost, nothing is ever normal. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 3, as they were about to go into the temple, there sat a lame man by the gate called Beautiful. And he, he was wanting something. The Bible says he looked at them expecting to receive something from them. But Acts chapter 3 and verse 6 says, And Peter said to them, Gold and silver have I none, but what I, but such as I have I give unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. That's not normal, young people. This generation is not going to be normal. This is going to be a generation immersed by the Holy Ghost and by fire. Listen, Z is the last letter in the alphabet. And Generation Z is a label given to this generation by the world. But I don't believe it was by an accident. I believe God has truly saved His best for last. And listen, I want you to know this, that even though Z is the last letter in the alphabet, the end is only the beginning. The end is only the beginning. You're going to walk in, in a place where it's not natural anymore. It's supernatural. It's not normal anymore. The Spirit of God's going to come upon you in such a strong way. That you can't even contain it. They were just going to a normal church service. But God said, no, there's something on the inside of you. And the supernatural began to take place. Listen, young people, when I say Z is the last letter in the alphabet, I think Generation Z is going to see the Jesus come back. I believe that. But that's not to scare you. Because Z is only the beginning. This generation is only the beginning of what God is wanting to do in this earth before He returns. I'm going to read to you 
I've read, I've read to you from Zechariah, but the Bible tells us in Ezra 5 and 1 that Zechariah wasn't the only one prophesying. I'm going to read to you in closing today from the prophet Haggai. And the word of the Lord came to him in chapter 2 of his book. And he says, speak now to Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how long do you see it now? Or how do you see it now? It is not in your eyes a comparison. It's, it's not a, more or less, it's not a comparison. It compares nothing to what the, the former house was. But in verse 4 it says, Yet be strong, O Zerubbabel. Young people, you may say, I, I, I've heard of the miracles. But I, I just don't see it. And that's pretty much what Haggai was saying. You saw the glory of the former, former house, but you just don't see it right now. But he says in verse 4, Yet be strong, O Zerubbabel, yet be strong, generation Z, saith the Lord. And be strong, O Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. And be strong, all the people of the land, saith the Lord, and work. For I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. Do what you're called to do. Pursue your purpose. For I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. According to the word that I have, I, that I have covenant with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you. Fear ye not, for thus saith the Lord of hosts: Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens, and the earth, and the sea, and the dry land. And listen, this is where we are. And I will shake the nations. I will shake not just the nations. I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations shall come and I will fill this house. I will fill this house with glory says the Lord of hosts. I will fill this house. 1 Corinthians 9 or 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 says that what do you know not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. He says, I will shake the nations and the desire of all nations shall come and I will fill this house. 180 nations impacted by COVID-19 all shaken by this virus. But God says, I want, I will come and fill this house with my glory. What know ye not that you are the temple? God wants to fill this house with his glory. And he says, the silver is mine, and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. And the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. There is a glory and a power and a presence coming to this generation that is not going to be comparable to any glory ever seen before. I believe that. I believe that. But he's not done. Haggai would say later in this chapter, 
And verse 20, speaking to Zerubbabel, and again the word of the Lord came unto Haggai in the fourth and twentieth day of the month, saying, Speak to Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, saying, I will shake the heavens and the earth. I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I will destroy the strength of all the kingdom of, of the kingdoms of the, the heathen. And I will overthrow the chariots and those that ride in them. And the horses and their riders shall come down. And every one by the sword of his brother. But in verse 23, I want you to catch this. In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, when it all is in chaos, when it all seems to be going crazy, and we're living in that time when a shaking is taking place, I will take thee, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shetil, and saith the Lord, and I will make thee a signet, for I have chosen thee, saith the Lord of hosts. I will make thee as a signet. What does that mean? This is what we're ending with right here. What does that mean? I will make thee as a signet, for I have chosen thee, saith the Lord of hosts. I will make thee a signet. Signet in the Hebrew right there, it means, that word is, is actually chotham, or chothen, meaning a signature ring. When a king would give you authority and power, he would... Place on you a ring as a sign, a signet of your authority. He says, I, I'm going to place on this generation a ring. This is the generation, and some of you are going to find this funny. I found it pretty funny in my study time. But this is a generation that God wants to put a ring on. He put a ring on it. Because this generation is going to be the bride of Christ. He put a ring on this generation, a signature ring. But when you derive that Hebrew word back to its root word from chothan, it becomes chothem. And it means to close up, to mark, or to seal, or to make an end. What am I saying by that? The Lord spoke to me. He's saying this is the generation not only that I'm putting a ring on of authority to show this world that they are used of God just like I did for Zerubbabel. But this is a generation that I've marked and I've sealed. And this is a generation that I'm going to use to close everything up. To make an end to. This is the generation I want to use. You, young people, youth for eternity, or those watching elsewhere by, by, by internet, listen, God wants to use you right now. Right now. What makes Zerubbabel even more significant to us, young people, Zerubbabel was a governor of Judah. He was from the king, the king of David's lineage. which makes Zerubbabel a great-great-great-great-great super-great-grandfather of Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. Zerubbabel, through Zerubbabel, came the house, the lineage of Christ. 
and young people through what God wants to do in your life. Jesus is going to come to and through you. And we're going to see Jesus in a way and revealed in a way that we've never seen him before. God was this heavenly father to the Jewish people. But when Jesus came, he became tangible. He became real. You are the generation with a ring on your hand, a seal on your soul. God wants to use you to make an end to this. Haggai said the glory of the latter house will be greater than that of the former. The glory of this latter house will be greater than the glory that we've seen before. Young people, Generation Z, God has chosen you for such a time as this. I'm going to pray with you. I hope this has ministered to you. I'm going to pray with you as we leave our time here today. God, we come before you. And God, we thank you for this opportunity that we've had to share your word. Lord, I feel your spirit urging me to preach this message. And, and Lord, I've delivered it the best way I know how. And I can feel your Holy Spirit in this room. And God, right now, I want to pray for not just the young people of PTC Ministries, not just for Youth of Eternity, but Father, for every young person that may be watching this or may watch this even in the future. That they are the generation, God. I want them to know that they are the generation with a, a signet ring, a, a ring of authority. Lord, that they've been chosen, they've been marked, they've been sealed. Lord, that what you've started in them, that you will complete. And that, Lord, it's nothing that they can do other than to offer themselves a living sacrifice. Because you say, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your Spirit, says the Lord. God, let your Holy Ghost consume this generation. Let your presence have such a profound impact on their lives, Lord God, that there will never be a normal. That we will never be able to go back to a spiritual normal. But Lord, that we would go back to a place of the supernatural. God, as Ezra wrote in his book in chapter 5, in verse 1, as Zechariah and Haggai began to prophesy, in verse 2 it says, Then rose up Zerubbabel, let this generation arise. Let this generation stand in the authority of God's Word. Let this generation walk according to your principles. Let this generation pursue your heart. Let them seek you. Let them find you. And Lord, let them receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon them. 
and let them be witnesses unto not just Connersville, but unto the othermost parts of the earth. This generation is your bride. It's your chosen generation. And we love you and we praise you, God, for what you've done. But Lord, I thank you and praise you more for what you're going to do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I love you. I love you. I love you. So please, think on these things that, that God has used me to deliver you, to you today. And I pray that you'll, you'll find yourself in a prayer closet or, or a place where you're alone with God. And that His presence would just invade your life in a way that you've never known before. And that you'll come back when we're able to assemble again. That you'll come back. Not, not just going into church like a normal Sunday, but you'll come back with something supernatural birthed on the inside of you. We love you. So does God. We'll see you soon.